Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Quartet Sound Podcast once again. I'm Josh Romanov. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. Uh, probably the most packed episode we've had in a long time. Uh, we got to go over to UC 280, which happened last Saturday. Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva, UC Vegas 63, and Bells are 289, which are happening this Saturday, as well as a bunch of news, which we will talk about shortly before we get into all that. We talk to you guys real quickly about Rogue Energy because this episode of the Quartet Sound Podcast is brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% of all your energy needs. Getting into the holiday season, boys. If you want to go ahead and get someone, you know, get them some Rogue Energy. Maybe they're looking for like a new, a new energy drink. Maybe they're looking for something that's healthier than all the other alternatives. Go to Rogue Energy. And get 10% off with code SOUNDOFF. Or if you just want to go ahead and try it yourself, you know, code SOUNDOFF. RogueEnergy.com. Incredible sponsor of the show. Last Saturday night, well, I guess Saturday midday, and you're fearing anywhere else other than Abu Dhabi, uh, UC 280 going down from the Itzahad Arena in Abu Dhabi, and Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. Dude, this card, going into it, we kind of knew that uh, it has the potential to be the greatest card of the year. And on paper, it looked like it might be. I don't think it lived up to the hype, but I'd say the top three fights did. Um, and we'll start off with that top fight, the main event. There is a lightweight champion, and his name is Islam Makachev. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, he uh, he made it look easy. Um, tr- I mean, opening round, he took down Charles. And Charles, to his credit, he threw some stuff off the back, landed a big up kick at one point. Uh, and going into round two, I mean, round two was mostly on the feet. And Charlie Ops, to his credit, he had some moments. Um, he landed a flying knee or two. He landed some good stuff in the clinch. Then they separated near the end of the round, and Islam landed a left hook that dropped him. And that was pretty much all she wrote from there. He went and got into mount, got an arm triangle, stepped over, and that was it. Islam Makhachev and new lightweight champion with about as impressive as a performance you could possibly have to win the title. Um, look, man. We knew kind of going in that this was a very reasonable possibility. I mean, I've, I've said for a while now that I didn't even think this fight was going to be close. I was even shocked at how this fight ultimately went down. Um, give me your thoughts on this one and uh, overall just Makhachev's dominance in the headliner. I mean, we knew this was a possibility, man. I feel like with every fight on this card, we knew the two ways it could possibly. I will say there was one that didn't go the way I thought, uh, not necessarily in the three fights that were mentioned, but later on in the card. And... Uh, Actually, I'll say two. Depend. Well, we'll get into those later. But we knew this is always a possibility that you know that they could go. But I'll, I'll give Islam credit, right? I think a lot of things opened up because of the potential they take down. That's why he had so much success on the feet. I think even though Charles said, "Oh, I'm ready for the takedowns," you know, I uh, I think I'll be fine, you know, with it, and I'll be able to defend him and stuff him. And if we do go down to the ground, then fine. Fuck it, you know, I'll get him down there. But I think he was still hesitant. I think he, he knew I need to be ready for the takedown, which kind of opened up some of the striking on the feet for Makachev, which later on led in him going down. And then obviously Islam ends up on top. Like you said, submission mm-hmm. happens. I mean, a lot of it was things that we knew could happen the way they did. And the clinching and all of that. And 
and you know, and Charles ending up on bottom. It was a lot of things that we had already mentioned that we knew could happen and did end up happening. But like you said, there was things that Charles did well. There was stuff he landed on his feet. And who knows if they run it back, who knows what Charles can improve on now that he's fought him, now that he knows things that he can do, stuff that he can improve on, and things he shouldn't be afraid of that maybe he was afraid of or worried about going into the fight. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is like, you know, this is kind of one of the rare fights in a long time where I'm just, I'm so amazed at a, at a person's at a person's dominance. And I kind of wanted to ask you this question. It's like, as far as this fight goes, Charlie Olives, you know, we know the story with him. One of the greatest runs in a long time. And he kind of did what you don't see too often where uh, it's kind of like the Masvidal thing. I understand he's like a couple of years younger than when Masvidal made his run. But, like, those were two guys that kind of capitalized on their closing window. Like, they're probably exiting their physical prime, and they know that, and they just go all fucking in, and they reach the top levels of the sport. For Moxley to come in here and just dominate him in the fashion that he did is otherworldly. As far as moving forward, we know that Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champ from down under, he came in, they had a little face-off, they confirmed that's next. Do you think that Alexander Volkanovsky will be able to provide any stylistic challenges to uh, the new lightweight champ? I mean, him being shorter, maybe some speed advantages. Maybe he'll be surprisingly stronger than what we think at 155. Maybe those clinch exchanges, uh, exchanges against the cage will be different. But like anything in life, right, when you're small, you're always doubted, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously he's coming up in weight. He's not very large. Doesn't appear like it. He's very intelligent. He's pound-for-pound pound king. He's probably the best fighter on the planet, regardless of weight division. Uh I think there's something there. He, he works with a great camp and very intelligent, but the wrestling, I mean, we'll have to see, man. Don't ever, don't, like we've learned, don't ever end up on bottom against Islam Makachev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, because, I mean, even in the first round, they had some interesting ground exchanges, and that's what's, it honestly gave, uh, like I said, I picked Makachev. I thought this fight was going to be lopsided from the get-go, but I was, after the first round, I was like, oh, shit, like, Oliveira tangled with him on the mat, he looked pretty good. You know, he landed some elbows off his back. He threw some sub-attempts. Makachev couldn't really do anything in round one. Um, he just kind of laid and prayed. And um, Which, to be fair, that's, his, that's been his style for most of his career anyways. But then in, in round two, man, just he came out, and the striking was what surprised me. Um, I knew that, you know, for as much as Oliver said he was not afraid of, the, of going to the ground, you could tell, like, after round one, he kind of knew that, like, all right, I got to stay. I got I to gotta keep this one on the feet because I'm already down one round. And that ultimately led open for the uh, the knockdown and subject point finish. Um, yeah, man, I am very excited about a Volkanovski fight. I saw some people saying that they'd rather see Daryush get it. I think if this were an actual sport, Daryush should get it. But I mean, right. we're, kind of, <laughs> we're kind of past that point. Um, I mean, Volkanovski, he has the speed. I think he has the fighting IQ, and um, to to do well, he has the gas tank. We know the only interesting thing for me is going to be, does he have the strength? to keep that fight on the feet. Because we've never seen Alexander Volkanovsky not be the strongest guy in the cage. It's literally, like, it's just, he, I don't, has Volkanovsky ever been taken down? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, Chad Mendes, but it, I don't think they were effective. Yeah, I think he just popped right back up if he did get taken down. Um, I think that fight was mainly on the feet, too, at some points. Yeah, uh, Mendes rocked him. So... I mean, that's a big thing for me is just seeing if he's going to go ahead and be able to – his takedown defense is 75%. It's pretty fucking solid. 
So I don't know how many times he's been shot on, but um, let me actually see. He got taken down. He is he got taken down three times by Chad Mendez, and that was four years ago. Expected, so, right? Yeah, and we I can't see the control time. Otherwise, I'd give you like because I don't ever remember. I don't remember him spending much time on the mat. So, oh yeah, he had okay. So he took him down three times, but he had. 45 seconds of control time. Holy shit. So essentially, Volk he took him up? down and Volk got right back up. So yeah. Um, Granted, though, up the top of my head, we don't know where those were. If they were in the center of the cage, against the cage. Correct. Correct. We're just going by stats. But yeah, man. Volkanovski, I think, okay, so I would not put him at anything more than a, you know, a two to one. I'd, I'd put him at like a two to one, two point, like five to one underdog. Let, let's say this. What, what percentage did, uh, my bad for cutting you off there. No, go ahead, go ahead. But I was going to ask you, um, what percentage did you give Oliveira going into this fight? Like, if you had to put a number on it, like 10%, 50%, 80%, you know, then, I would have probably put 10%. What was your percent? What's your percentage for Volkanovski? 20. Just 20? Not even 25? Not even 1 in 4? You know, yeah, we'll go 25. I think 1 in 4. Because I think Volkanovski, and obviously, we're doing this pre-fight. Um, and we're not giving, like, a crazy, we're just Yeah, kidding. no. We're just, we're, because we're going to have to preview. Because they're probably going to fight February in, in, uh, in uh, Australia, so. In Perth. Yeah, we won't even have to wait that long for the fight, but, um, yeah, man, I think, like, probably one in four, you know? I mean, I, I didn't give Volkanovski much of a shot at all. I give Volkanovski a chance just by virtue of the fact that he's coming up. He has a, a big speed advantage. I think he's the smarter fighter. I think Makachev, he doesn't have bad fight IQ by any means, but there are some things where, like, I don't know. It just, he, he doesn't seem too sure of himself at times, which is why I think he's, but, it, but I, I think that's credited to Habib, though. He helps him a lot with the yeah. adjustments. Even with the submissions, I mean, call back to that uh, Dan Hooker where he told him to step over. Yep. I mean, that was because of Habib. I don't know if he would have done that if Habib was in the corner giving that sort of instruction or any other coach, you know, right? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Moxie in the future. I'm very excited for Volk fight, but just kind of go ahead and move on to the co-main event. Uh, Al Jermaine, the funk master, Sterling, the funk lives on, Angel. The funk lives on. Um, not the fashion we expected, though. Uh, so he right. comes out. TJ Dillashaw, look, man, actually, I, like I said, I thought Alger was going to put on a clinic, a clinic in this one. He did. Not in the way we expected uh, to any degree. Mostly because TJ Dillashaw apparently had his shoulder just hanging halfway off his body. And we did, going into the fight, we were not aware. Now we knew in the, whenever he got, um, I believe it was either whenever he was suspended or whenever he went ahead and, um, was healing from his knee injury. We know that he's had sh- uh, shoulder surgery on both of his sh- shoulders. Um, but we did not know how bad, if that, if that was going to be a big deal going to this one. He said that his shoulder dislocated 20 times in camp. I thought and it was higher first, than that. Yeah, it might be. And then on the first takedown, the first one, which was, what, 30 seconds, 40 seconds of the fight, he dislocated it. So... Yeah, man. I mean, and from there, it was all academic. I mean, Aljo just battered him on the ground. Honestly, that fight did not need to leave round one, and it almost made it to round three. I mean, it was it was tough, man. I mean, he just beat the dog you, shit out of him. Josh, I mean, uh, TJ Dillashaw's toughness is unquestioned now, though. Correct. I mean, he survived that first round with one arm, got back up on his feet with one arm somehow, wasn't able to, you know, post up with, the, you know, like a secondary arm if he needed to. I mean, mm-hmm. that was – I, I got to give it credit. That's a different kind of human being there, dude. That's that's what you call a fighter. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how anybody can question his toughness. Now, I'll admit, I'm not somebody who likes TJ Dillashaw because of the whole doping thing. 
But I even felt uncomfortable by how much damage he was taking by, by the end of the fight. I was like, dude, like, we really... I mean, I was making the joke when I was watching with you and the guys. I was like, no, we can let this go on for a little bit longer. But, like, I was I was actually not on board. Like, I was a little bit uncomfortable, especially after that. Like, they could have stopped that shit in round one, and I don't think anybody would have complained. Instead, he also made it to round three. But regardless, Aljo gets the win. Um, not a whole lot to say about this one because of the injury. I will say. Yeah, go I ahead. I will say, Josh. Go ahead. Kind of shitty for Aljamain, right? Because, like I said, mm-hmm. it doesn't come without some sort of, like, cabbie you know to some people you know he, it's, it's gonna yeah. be it's another one right which i mean he wanted legitimately right obviously he he isn't gonna his circumstances aren't like the situation there's nothing algebra could do about that you know what i mean but it's but it it, it is kind of like well his shoulder you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, in a roundabout way yeah in a roundabout way i can kind of like feel bad for Aljo. I don't think he really cares so i'm not gonna feel too bad for him either way but no 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 but it, you know he did always yeah, yeah. What, what he what he has dealt with is um there's an asterisk not in my view um but on essentially his entire title run for certain people. Now those people are wrong. I don't see how you could score the the Piotr Jan rematch uh, for Piotr Jan. I thought it was a pretty clear win for uh, Aljo, and then I can't blame him for getting with the hit with the knee. But in some people's view, there is some sort of I don't want to say an asterisk, but there, it, it is weird. He's on a weird title reign. And then this does not really help any matters either. So Yes, that's exactly – that's the way to put it. Thank it, you. It's just weird. But, you know, I think he'll be all right. I am excited for his next fight because his next right. fight will more than likely be against Sugar Sean O'Malley. Well, it should be. We don't, we don't know if it will be, Josh. It should be. It should be. If things are, you know – well, let's, 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 let's get into it, because it's going to lead yeah. into it a bit. Let's get into yeah. it. Yeah, get in, let's, let's get into it, because Sugar Sean O'Malley made his return at UC 280. One fight before the Bantamweight title fight, and he was in a Bantamweight title eliminator. That's what Dana said before the fight, and now he might change his mind, because, you know, it's Dana, he didn't get the result he wanted. But anyways, um, he ends up defeating Piotr Jan by split decision. The scorecard's reading... 29-28-28-29-29-28. He gets the dub, biggest win of his career. He just got moved to number one in the rankings, which is generally a pretty good indicator to tell somebody's going to get a title shot next. Uh, Jan was ranked one before that, but we've seen guys get I mean, shit, dude. We just talked about it like in, in the green room. Uh, <laughs> um, Leon Edwards is ranked lower than Usman pound for pound, even though he beat him. We, we see stuff like that direct all the time. But Sean overtook Jan. He's ranked number one. But there is a lot of controversy in this one. And I, I feel like controversy is almost understating it. Uh, people are acting like this is the biggest robbery of all time. That the Are they going to die on the sword for this one, Josh? You're going to die on the sword for this one? I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to. I don't, for me, there's uh, not much argument, you know? All right, well, let's go ahead and get into it, man. I mean, give me your thoughts on the fight. Give me your thoughts on how you scored it and kind of all the controversy coming out of it. Uh, one, it, it was a, it was a fun fight, man. There was a lot riding on this. This was a big fight for Sean. Kind of potentially his coming out party in a way, in a, in a way, in a sense, right? Not exactly. I mean, it was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna kind of build up into this a little bit. He, uh, he came out to Superstar, right? Which was like perfect, cause it was what he came back to when he fought, uh, Quinonez. It was, it was a Quinonez back, uh, yeah. after his, uh, layoff with the whole, uh, you know, that whole situation, shot. we're not gonna get it, yeah. yeah, we're not gonna get into it. That, yeah, that's in the past now, right? <laughs> but, uh, 
Come on, Josh. But, uh, you know, it was, and he's had this kind of rise, man, that only people in this area, I, I, and I kind of want to build it upon, uh, or I kind of want to compare it to, and it's not the same. It's very different. These guys, I think, are at very different points of their career. But kind of like Ryan Garcia, man, where he grew up in the social media era, and they're building upon that. And just like him, dude, I remember it, Ryan got this knockout. It was his first camp with uh, Adrian Reynoso against, uh, I think it was like Jose Lopez. First round finish, obviously very different. Walks out to superstar, gets on the ropes. I reference this moment again. He's overlooking the crowd. Canelo's in the crowd. Golden Boy's in the crowd. Music starts playing. Bam. Super. And it's kind of like, damn. This kid yeah. is, is a star. He's going to be a star. Everything. He's got the looks. He's got the style. He's got the ability. He's got the people behind him. For Sean, I feel like it's almost, it's, it's, it's almost a little bit of the similar, but different, right? You know? Mm hmm. He, 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 he's been talking his shit. He's been calling people out. He's called out Piotr un, un, undisputedly. He gets the fight and he wins. Now, as far as the fight itself, you asked me that, you know, I kind of wanted to build into it a little bit. I gave him round one and three. I think two is unquestionably Piotr's. There's no question about it. The big argument is round one. I rewatched it today. I gave, uh, uh Sean round one. I thought it, for me, it wasn't too much of a question about it. There seems to be a lot of controversy about it. Look, I get it. The round was closed. But I really, really was able to edge it out to, to Sean. I'm gonna just keep it as simple as it is. And shit, I think he did it. He shut a lot of people up. The chin, the wrestling, the leg kicks, all of that happened. He answered all those questions. And he dealt with it all. He showed his mm-hmm. toughness. You could tell at one point there was an adrenaline dump and he was out of breath and he recovered. Not fully, not perfectly maybe, but he kind of rallied back and he stayed in it. He didn't mentally break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe you're referring to after round two. Um, he went ahead and <clears throat> he looked winded, and he had just lost round two pretty badly. So, yeah, I mean, look, man, when it comes to this fight, is it a robbery? No. And I'll go ahead and say this. If you think it's a robbery, you're a dumbass. <laughs> no, you're not a dumbass. You are wrong, though, if you think it's a robbery. Um, I'll put it like this. I think this is a fight that it's – uh, I said this, I think I referenced this uh, whenever Izzy fought Whitaker. It's probably the last time I said this in the rematch. There are um, a series of results that I think are fine for this fight. That's what I think. Like a series of possible anything from 29, 28, Jan to God, Josh, 29. God, you should be a politician. 29, 28, O'Malley to even a draw, I think. You can make a, a backwards case for it, you know what I mean? Because O'Malley was so dominant in round three. If you want to go and give him a 10-8, I wouldn't mind, you know? Um, especially under the new scoring rules where damage is a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, just a couple of things out of the way. Round three, round round three, clear for Sean. If you think it was pretty on, you're dumb. That's about as simple as it gets. Not only did he inflict clear damage, he went ahead and... I mean, did did John do much of it? I know that he out, got outstruck by 25 significant strikes. Double digits. If he if he scored that round for Sean or excuse me for Jan, the the whole thing Sean and Jan, I'm fucking up. But yeah, anyways, yeah. If he went ahead and scored for Jan round three, you're wrong. If he scored round two for Sean, you're wrong. But I don't think there's any debate about that one. Round one is what it all comes down to. If he scored that round for Jan, I don't have a problem with it. In the moment, I scored it for Sean. That's how I scored it in the moment. But if he scored that one for Jan, more power to you. I mean, he got. One, I believe he got a takedown. He had a minute of control time, but he's also outstruck by five or six significant strikes. If you count those five or six more than the takedown where he didn't do anything, that's fine. 
So that's that's how I feel about it. I think that the whole crying about a robbery is so over the top, especially considering it's the second time that people are doing this for Jan. Like I don't, I mentioned earlier, I don't know how you could score that the the Sterling rematch for Jan, but people have cried about that one, now they're crying about this one, but for different reasons. So I feel like people just want a reason to whine. But I thought this fight was very very close. Um, I scored it for Sean in the moment. Watching it back, I I can see clear that like okay maybe Jan did win that one, but it's far from a robbery. It's a very very close fight, and if you didn't like if you wanted it to make sure that like I hate this phrase, but don't leave it in the hands of the judges. If you wanted Jan to win this one cleanly, he should have done anything on the ground. Anything. He did nothing. He did not try to pass. He did not try and lay in ground and pound. He did not go for a single sub attempt. The only person that this lies with is Jan for not doing anything on the ground. Anything on the mat. This is not an Aljamain Sterling like rematch with Jan where he beat the shit out of him from the backpack position and tried to go for sub attempts. Jan did nothing that's that's why the fight result was what it was. Damage is supposed to count for more, and Sean O'Malley did more damage in rounds one and three. That's the way it works. So I mean, a credit to Sean because he didn't allow him to do that damage either. Yeah, correct, correct. Obviously, it's not easy to go ahead and inflict all sorts of damage, but he took him down to try and take him out of his element to try and gas, probably probably gas him, try and help for an adrenaline dump. But if you're taking him down, you're taking him out of his element, but you're also not doing anything, and he gets right back up. How much does that score for? In my opinion, doesn't score for much. So that's how I feel about it. As far as the, um, as far as moving forward, obviously we mentioned Sean is ranked number one. Here's the the biggest thing. Do you think he will receive a title shot next? We know that at the post fight press conference, Dana, who has never mentioned Sudo <laughs> since he's like, I mean, Sudo says he's coming out of retirement. Dana always shuts him down. But now that Jan lost and the, the, this result was con- slightly controversial, you know, he's like, do you, maybe Cejudo. You know, that's what he said in the, the post-fight presser. What do you think will be next and what do you hope is next? I mean, look, it's 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 possible for a potential uh, Cejudo, right? Uh, Sean afterwards was kind of unsure. I think there was a combination of a, a lot of things because he he – I think going through that in the moment, maybe he was like, fuck, you know, maybe there's some questioning himself. I don't know. It was very weird from our typical Sean O'Malley post-fight, uh, you know, on the mic. Uh, you know, it just wasn't what he typically does. You know what I mean? Could, could you agree with me on that? It was a little different than what it typically is. He was like, I don't, I don't know about the title. Maybe one more. I don't know if that's him personally wanting that, being like, damn, these guys are at this level. I need to get better or, or whatever it may be. Or maybe he's like, you know something? Fuck, I'm down to take on Aljamain, the fake meister. And, uh, <laughs> and take him out of the title shot. But, uh, I'm sure that raised some eyebrows too. And then, uh, for the matchmakers and maybe Dana for him not being super adamant. But I, afterwards, Sean did say, I, I'm going to have to renegotiate my deal, you know, if that's the case, if I'm fighting for the title. So who knows? Yeah, that's not going to go well for him if, if he tries. I mean, I mean who, who the fuck knows what his deal is now? But Well, I mean, he, he got it changed after the, uh, the Munoz fight, I believe. So he just got his deal changed, so that's why I don't think it'll go well for him. But he should get a title shot. Um, that's my view on it. I don't – I mean, if you look across the division, it's like either him or Suhudo, who's been gone for – it'll be three years by the time that fight happens. So I'd much rather see Sean. I think if you said that it's a title eliminator fight, which is – Dana never – these days, he never says a fight's a title eliminator. He just does not say it. 
This time he went out and actually decided to go ahead and say it, but if you're going to go and say it, keep to your word. Give Sean a title shot. That's why he took this fight. You can't, like, renege that, I feel like. But anyways, man, that's how I feel about it, but I think it's probably time to move on because we do got a whole lot of other stuff to talk about, including Benil Daryush, man. Um, incredible performance. He really turned back the clock of this one. Just vintage Daryush ends up winning by unanimous decision after just a dominating performance, dropping Gamrot. Beating him on the mat. Scorecards ended up being 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. This fight's less, uh, important because, you know, they went ahead and said that, uh, Benio will not get a title shot and they took the back of fire spot away from him. But what do you think about the actual fight itself and ultimately he, him getting one of the biggest wins of his career? Uh, impressive, man. I mean, I was surprised at the fact that he was able to to be able to take down attempts and kind of the gamma around, man, because he's unrelenting when it comes to wanting to get the takedown. I mean, he, he did end up relying on it too much in the end, right? It ended up being, I think, to an extent, his downfall. But mm-hmm. Benil did his thing on the uh, on the feet and on the ground. Right. He attacked some missions on the in, in some of the transitions, and you know, gave uh, Gamrod a, a different look and put him in in position. Where he's like, okay, I, I, if I need to take him down, he'd be worthy of this and be dangerous. Today. Tell you what, though, Gamrod has a fucking chin, dude. We got dropped in that third round. I don't think many guys in the division recover from that. Hmm. Uh, so that was one thing we saw there. And I mean, it's no surprise. We've seen Gamera. He's a tough son of a bitch, dude. We know that he has a, a good chin and everything. And we saw it get, you know, we saw it there tested. Tested, yeah. He, got, he tested. got dropped hard, man. He got so. back up. He popped her right back up. <clears throat> question about it. But yeah. Video, man, he's, he's becoming, a undeniable. I think is the mm-hmm. way, I, th- I think I said it that night. And I told you, I forgot who was a fighter. I said he's getting, uh, oh my God. Uh, who was the fighter Josh that I referenced that night? It took a long time to get to a title shot. Uh, I have no idea. I can't think either. It might have been well. It had to been a welterweight. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Leon it, Edwards. It wasn't Leon Edwards. Right? It was it was no. someone else. It was during the GSP era. I can see his face. Oh, John Fitch. John Fitch. Yeah, that's what it is. He's getting John Fitch, and I'm like, is it going to turn into that? And he's not even. It is not like Benil's a boring fighter. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. It's got this a fight lot wasn't even boring it. either. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I can only imagine what, what a, a five-round uh, main event with Benil Darius would be, but, I mean, credit to him, man. He he had another good performance. He showed out again, and he's shutting the people up. I mean, keep doing your thing, King, but it, it really sucks because you're not going to get your opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel bad for Benny, man. I really do. I think that that was probably one of the great – I mean, on – Dude, I gotta be honest. It was probably he's had like knockouts before. He's had bigger wins. I think that I mean the Tony Ferguson one is probably the biggest one, like on paper, former champion, dominant guy. <clears throat> and at that point, Tony, we didn't know completely how washed he was. Um, this one, dude, I thought probably the best win of Benil's career. Just how well rounded it was, the way that he kind of blended his striking with his grappling, and just him battering a guy that was younger than him, a guy that was kind of like viewed as like a future. I mean, he still is. I think Gamrat will be a future problem in this division for a, for a while, but Shahabib pointed him as one of the next big things. Exactly. And if Habib's pointing him out, you know, that motherfucker's good, but Benny just had his number, man. He just could not get going and as getting the decision win. Uh, opening up the main card, just go ahead and keep things rolling along. Uh, Men in Faroe defeating Caitlin Shukagin 29, 28, 29, 28, 29, 28. 
Uh, yeah, man, Chikigi and Miss Wade for this one. Uh, Manifero did what she needed to do. It wasn't the most entertaining fight. was not the finish like maybe we've been hoping for. But she showed that she can get past the gatekeeper and that she may deserve a title shot next. Is that what you think should be next? And what do you think about her performance over Shikiki? I mean, I think it's – I just don't know if she's ready for Valentina, man. That's the thing. I mean, like, she's good. She has skills, but I, I just don't know, man. Who I mean, I mean, let's be honest, Josh. At the end of the day, who really was ready for Valentina Shevchenko, you know? Talia Santos. And, and Amanda Nunes, right? You know, we'll, yeah. we'll give her credit, credit to do, but – I don't know. Maybe just not now. At some point, uh, there's options though. I think there's options for Valentina, and there's different directions they could go. I don't know. I I, I almost wish. I almost think if if Alexa Grosso and her fight at some point, I think that could be fun. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if they'll do that. I think Talia Santos is out of action for a little bit, so they're you know they're they're really not looking at maybe having a rematch with her soon. I feel like I don't know. It's there's there's options, but I don't feel like there's one clear standout. Mm-hmm. I'll put it like that. Yeah, I mean, the issue is is that they all have pros and cons. They all have drawbacks because um, that Santos fight, she broke her orbital in that one. That's part of the reason why she lost. She broke her orbital in round three, and obviously we know Shevchenko came back and yada, yada, yada. But anyways, um, the issue with that is a broken orbital takes about a year to heal, sometimes longer. So we probably won't even be seeing her until mid- midway through next year. I mean, so, we, we should just say late next year. Like, it probably is not going to be midway next year. More than likely, yeah. Grosso said she doesn't want the title shot, yeah. even though she's on a great win streak and she's looking great fight to fight. She's the only one of these, you know, other fighters. Like, outside of, I guess, Faro has not fought for five rounds. Tali Santos did, but not before challenging for the belt. Uh, she's fought for five rounds before. She has a lot of experience. She's on a great win streak, but she doesn't want the title shot. So that leaves Manifarot. Manifarot just coming off a fight with Shikigi that was pretty underwhelming and not very entertaining and kind of disappointing. So it's like, who do you go for? I, I guess they're going to go for Faroe. I think that makes probably the most sense. I mean, they're in desperate need of a new face. Yeah, I mean, Grosso literally just, she said she didn't want a title shot. So, and Talia Santos can't, I mean, do they really put Shevchenko on ice for a rematch that, like, People will probably into it, but like, will it need, move the needle that much? Not really. So, yeah, I think I think Manifero is going to get it next, and we'll see what happens there. I mean, I think she could pose some challenges on the feet, but outside of that, I mean, it's probably going to be one way traffic on the ground. But who knows? We haven't really seen her on the map much. But um, normally, I'd ask like, you know, what fights we talk about? We got to move one down, man. This was so impressive. Uh, remember the name, Bilal Muhammad. Knock, well, not knocks out, but TKO's Sean Brady standing TKO at the end of round two. Dude, Bilal is a guy who I was really hoping to see some exchanges. I know that they're probably going to be limited because what's the old adage? You know, two grapplers, you never see them grapple, they only strike. They did not grapple. I was hoping for a little bit of it, but I was but I was not expecting this to be so one-sided on the feet. Blood Muhammad just battered him. But anyways, man, he ends up getting the uh, second round TKO. What do you think about his win and what could be the next one? Impressive, man. I mean, he turned on the engine. He did what he had to do in that second round. I thought that Brady looked actually very good in the first round. Uh, Stand-up-wise, he was doing what he had to do. And then uh, in the second round, uh, Below brought it back, man. He put on, like, like I said, he turned on the engine. He, he brought it forward. He put on pressure on Brady. I think for him, man, he's uh, he's right there at the top. You know, I mean, if Kobe isn't available, I think it's going to be Shemai versus Bilal in a title eliminator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
it's interesting because Dana went and talked about how he's going to go try and go back to the well and make Chamaya versus Colby, and that's just – I prefer if they just moved on from that fight because that's a good fight, but, like, are we going to try and make that one again and waste months of time? But um, for I'd honestly like to see Bilal versus Chamaya. I think that would be very interesting, uh, especially in five rounds. Because we know that blow is not gas, so I think that could be a very interesting fight if that does indeed happen next. But it obviously remains to be seen. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, the undercard, there were some good performances, um, a lot of decisions. Uh, but what fights are you most looking forward to talking about? We can talk about Nikita Karala versus Vulcan, man. I mean, first of all, Vulcan looked great in that first round. After that, though, heartbreaking, man. Heartbreaking defeat. Uh Nikita Krylov coming coming on in the in the following rounds and uh, bringing it back and winning the fight against Vulcan. I mean, much credit for him because he got hurt badly in that first round. I mean, it seemed like it was going to be Vulcan's night. Yeah, Vulcan tagged him hard and then just let off the gas at one point, which was pretty bizarre. Because I know that he went in, if I remember correctly, um, he tagged him bad and then he tried to clinch. And then after the clinch, Vulcan just started throwing some light kicks and completely let off the gas. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Nikita Krylov looks half awake, but if you want to start throwing some light kicks, man, that's all good. You know, that's your choice, you know. Um, <laughs> but in the end, he ends up losing by decision, man. Nikita Krylov, interesting. He's kind of – he's continuing his kind of slow march back up the division. At one point, you know, he came up with so much hype. Granted, he was super young. Don't most people don't remember that, but he, he was super young. He was disappointing, man. I know that he left the UFC at one point after losing the circuit on. He came back with a lot of hype, and he never lived up to it. He got some good wins, but he had some bad losses. He's knocked out Gus. Now he's beating Vulcan. He, he's marching back up the rankings, man. We'll see what happens um, with him in the future. But that was a solid performance by him, especially coming back. I, was, I did not expect that. Um other fights in the undercard, uh, Akubar Namagamadov got a nice win. Armour Petrosian defeating AJ Dobson, solid win by him. Uh, the big, the big news kind of coming out of the early prelims is Mohamed Makayev, Malcolm Gordon, greatest prospect in the UFC, bar none in my opinion. Um, Mohamed Makayev. I've sold you, Josh. I've sold you. <laughs> you have sold me. And then, you know, he, he had two dominant wins. I know some people were not impressed with whenever Charles Jordan. I thought it was a great win. You know, he didn't do a whole lot of damage, but, if you're able to take somebody completely out of out of their element for 15 minutes and just do whatever you want to him on the mat, that's a good win in my eyes. This one, Malcolm Gordon is a good guy. We knew that going in. But, dude, he brought the fucking fight to him, man. He brought the fire to him. We saw Makayev really, really tested for the first time. And, dude, not only did he persevere, he comes back, gets an arm bar in the third round to close it out. Just a amazing performance from Mohamed Makayev. Maybe not amazing performance, but an amazing just fight and the way that it kind of went. Very impressed by his poise as a 22-year-old kid to come back, stay, stay in control, not get too gassed, not not deal with an adrenaline dump. Like, Angel, think about this. The amount of fighters that would have had an adrenaline dump whenever Gordon came back and started, you know, doing some things on the mat near the end of round two, a lot of fighters would be mentally just destroyed by that. An undefeated 22-year-old, this motherfucker just starts drinking, okay? This kid is so young. <laughs> All right. Well, he's Muslim. No drinking for him. Oh, well, damn it. You're right. Anyway, so, yeah, this kid's so young. But guess what? He stayed poised. That's the impressive thing for me, man. That, that, that's what sold me is him coming back from the adversity. Like, it was far from his greatest performance. But staying poised under pressure. That's the Who's big next, thing. That, 
You can't teach it. Um, I have to take a look at the rankings. He's right Hold on, now. let me. You know what? We're we're gonna look right now, Angel. How about that? I'm gonna take a look right at the now? rankings right now. Right meow. Right fucking now. We're gonna take a look at the rankings. <laughs> At Flyweight, I would like... I know that we talked about it um, when we were hanging out, but I can't remember who I said. I think Tim Elliott would be a good He, ca- he called out Brandon Roy Val. I think Tim Elliott is the move. I think Tim I Elliott, think- former champ, great camp. There's a lot there. That one, or uh, I think Jeff Molina could be fun, but I think that'd be a Molina bit Molina just up. fought? Huh? Molina just fought not too long ago, I believe, like early this year. He might be available. Actually, I don't know. I mean, if he just fought, then, I mean, they could, they, they probably even line up time-wise. Well, the thing is, Muhammad wants to get one in for December. Oh, shit, dude. Jeff Molina is fighting, I'm sure you remember this name, Jimmy Flick. Yes, next, I do. In January. That's a banger right there, man. Yes. All right, I, Tim Elliott's not scheduled, though. Tim Elliott's not scheduled. Manel Cape has no opponent at the moment. Uh, I uh, Matt Schnell was one of the ones that I mentioned earlier on in the year. I, I mean, there's... There's a lot of guys. I think you could just gotta give him a ranked guy, regardless. Like as I'd say, as long as it's not five through two, like yeah. it isn't Brandon Royal, Oscar, Oscar, Kai Kara, friends, because he really hasn't earned that right yet. No, as, not at as, all. As good as he is, but if he fought like Alex Perez or Matias Nicolau, essentially any other guy who's ranked, I have no issue with it. And I mean, Josh, I mean, if he beats a ranked guy, he's gonna move very quick. Yeah, correct. I mean, of all the names you mentioned, I, I'm starting to like that Tim Elliott one a lot more, man. I think that's going to be a really, really good fight. You know, but Tim Elliott, Tim Elliott's like on a, like a two win streak, right? Uh, he three of his last three of his last four. That's not bad. That's not, that's bad. not bad at all for know. a 35 year old flyweight. Come on, man. Yeah, Casey's own. So let's see it, man. I like that, but I think it's about time to move on from UC 280 because we got a big fight card this week. Well, we got a couple of them. Um, well, maybe not big, but we got a couple of fight cards. Um, there is a big one though, and it's not even MMA; it is boxing. And let's let's just be honest, man. As much as I like the UFC Vegas 63 main event, I like that some of the fights in the Bellator card. Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva is the biggest thing happening this weekend, <laughs> and it's a little bit weird um, because this this Jake fight doesn't even feel like it has as much hype behind it as uh, his first one with Woodley, for instance, the Asker one. But I feel like as we get closer to fight night, that will change. Um, yeah, man, Jake Paul, the problem child. We're talking about him for the first time since his win over Tyron Woodley in the rematch in uh, December 2021, last December. Undefeated. Undefeated as a pro. 5-0, and four <laughs> knockouts. Cleveland zone taking on the Spider. Anderson Silva, the Brazilian great former UFC champion, one of the GOATs at MMA, moved into boxing, beat Chavez Jr., knocked out Tito Ortiz, and uh, had an exhibition where he did not knock out the guy, but he easily could have, which was really, really funny. I encourage people to watch Anderson's uh, exhibition with Bruno Machado because at one point in round six, it looks like he just forgets he's supposed to be taking it easy. He nearly knocked him the fuck out. So, um, yeah, so Anderson's a beast in the boxing ring. You know, the question is, is has Jake made up the gap in the year, almost a year that he's been out of the ring. I think whenever most people had this fight announced, they thought, oh, Jake's going to fuck up this old man, or this old man's going to fuck up Jake. <laughs> Just because his boxing skill is so, so wide, you know, and we saw that in the Tito and, and the Julio fights. 
and and when you're at his age, he's 47, you drop off a cliff. Like it's a miracle that he's as good as he is for his age, and he can just randomly drop off a cliff one of these days. Angel, give me your your excitement level for this fight. What do you think about it as of right now? Just a couple of days away from the showdown on Showtime. Uh man, I'm I'm excited. You know, uh, a big one for Jake, big one for Anderson. I'll be, but uh, hey man, are you not excited? No, no, no I thought it would be funny if you just stopped right there. You're like, no, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I'll mean, stop. You don't say anything. Else. I'm excited. That was the end of it. I don't say anything else. Yeah, you just imagine. stop right there. You're like, fucking. What, what is? I was like, Josh, I could give two fuck. No, I was kidding. Like, Josh, listen to MMA show. Let's fucking get back to fighting. Let's get back. To, let's get let's back talk. This is you know like CFC because it's going down this week, right? Which is <laughs> Alaska FC, you know. No, but uh, you know to reel it back in. No, I'm I'm genuinely excited. Like I I almost I mean Josh, you know this. I almost flew out to Arizona to watch this live. This is true, guys. This is a true story. Our former uh, former guest host of the pod, uh, Nate Beggs. I mean, Josh, I was about to be Jorge Masvidal. Less than a week's notice, I was going to fly out to Arizona, go, show up, make weight, and watch the fight. Damn, you're going to make weight. <laughs> I was going to make weight. Dude. You're going to do a weight cut just for no reason. <laughs> Let's do a weight cut for no reason. You're going to go You're going to go to the fight fucking shredded, though. You're gonna... <laughs> yeah, yes, that's going to go make weight and be shredded. <laughs> but... uh. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you this. I was I was definitely not fighting 187. Let me tell you. <laughs> but uh, no, talking about the actual fight. I'm, I, look, fuck up, Francis Ngannou, man. <laughs> but uh, stylistically, right? I think out of all the opponents, that Jake Sanders would be the hardest, most elusive. Uh, Anderson is just awkward. I mean, there's tiny little shit that we even saw in that Chavez fight. Like even even shit that he'll do with like the foot. You know, he'll move a foot a certain way just to like throw you off. He's not doing anything. He's just he's just doing it to like. You know, throw out a jab, you know, just throw you off or little hesitations that he does. I mean, he's going to deal with the feints that he's never seen before. He's, you, there's no one that Jake can bring in to imitate Anderson Silva. Let's just be honest. That's the thing. And granted, at his level, who knows bringing in someone who to even, even try to imitate his style is, is effective to him or not, right? But I think this will show a lot of, I mean, how genuinely how good of a boxer Jake is, how much he's progressed. And I think if he does knock him out and finish Anderson, which, you know, the MMA community's hoping doesn't happen. They'll be like, well, he was 47, he had been knocked out in MMA, you know, yada, yada, you know. There'll be a lot of that. But I think you have to. I think it'll be, it'd be a very, it'd be his most impressive one to date. I think going, and then if he gets that Tommy fight, I feel like that's kind of like, shit, man. <laughs> Ederson's still a fight. Like, we reference, who is Cesar Chavez, man? People want to clown and make fun of I'm like, dude, at the end of the day, that guy fought for a world title. He had multiple. No, not like, he was a champion. He, he, he held. He he held the title. He's been in there with some of the best. He's held his own, and he's competed a lot. He has multiple rounds on his belt, way more than Anderson Silva in boxing. And Anderson Silva had the performance that he did against Chavez Jr. Dominated him, yeah. Dominated him. It was, it was insane. It was one of the one of the most craziest moments in my time of watching combat sports ever. It's unforgettable. In fact, it was so lopsided that Anderson beat Chavez in Mexico by decision. <laughs> they right. couldn't rob him. One, they, one judge gave it to him, but the other two were like, fuck, man. I you can't know, Josh, it. if anything, it beat in Mexico actually helped Anderson Silva. <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, you went and laid it out really well there. I think that um, <clears throat> Anderson, this would be his best win by a mile. Because as much as I like Tyra Woodley and Ben Askren as MMA fighters and people, they're not boxers. And not only are they not boxers, they're not great MMA strikers. I mean, Ben's the, arguably the worst striker 
in modern MMA history. I'm sure there were some guys that I've never seen fight, but of guys who made it to the to a reasonably high level, he's the worst. The guy made Damian Maya look like Roy Jones. That's just the name. <laughs> but anyways, like, and then even Woodley. I mean, Woodley had it. Like, he had hands, but in MMA because he could fake he could fake the takedown and land the right straight. He was great at that. That worked for a long time, but you can't land, do that in boxing. You can't throw a fucking takedown. So. Anderson is a great striker, not only MMA and boxing. <clears throat> and we saw that in the, the Chavez Jr. win. I know people hate her, like, oh, my God, Chavez Jr. is, like, the worst ever. I'm like, he was just being competitive with Daniel Jacobs, like, a, a year before he lost to Anderson. Like, he was he was winning against Daniel Jacobs until he quit on the stool in, like, round seven because he got tired, which that Chavez Jr. for you, but... I mean, yeah, man, he, he's a former champion. His fight, he knocked out Andy Lee. His fight with Sergio Martinez, that 12th round is probably my favorite round in boxing history, straight up. It's that, it's like that one, uh, Joshua Ruiz, I believe round three, round four, whenever, uh, they both got knocked down. <clears throat> there are a couple other good ones, but if you've ever seen Chavez Jr. versus Sergio Martinez round 12, go watch it. It's the crate, it's the, one of the loudest crowd reactions I've ever seen. And Chavez Jr. was a dog at that point in time. Was he older and more washed by the time he fought Anderson? Yes, but he was also 12 years younger. So, you know, it's what it is. Look, man, as far as the fight goes itself, right now, uh, betting odds are virtually identical. So if you guys want to go and bet on this one, go for it. Angel, gun to your head. Do you think the problem child moves on? I know that uh, we we've talked about this. A lot going into the buildup and kind of going into this fight card about how close it's going to be. It's going to be one of those fights where it's either going to go one way or the other. Either Anderson's going to go out there and put on a boxing clinic, or Jake's going to catch him with that big right. The blonde bomber will do it again. Angel. <laughs> if you have to make your, I'm, 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 I think I'm doing pretty good building this fight up. They should fucking pay me. But anyways, Angel, if you have to make a pick, who would you pick on Saturday? Look, Josh, the right answer is Anderson, so I'm going to be honest with you. Really? Like you look, you you've said this many of times on the show. When it comes to Jake's fights, Anderson Silva should win this fight. That mm-hmm. is more clear now than the Tyron Woodley, Ben at any of those. Anderson Silva should beat Jake Paul. He should. Does he? We'll find out. I can always see Jake winning. For the longest, I run with Jake the whole time, Josh. I'm finally switching it up. That's yeah. That's that's what gives me pause because you've even. I've gone, I've gone back and forth on Jake. Like I, I'm, I picked him to knock the fuck out of Woodley in the first fight. Like I was sold after. Yeah, you, you were, you, you were a fight late. <laughs> I was a fight late because the Aspen one, I thought like, you know, if he can clinch, maybe, you know. But I was like, all right, well, I forgot this is boxing. Like they're not. <laughs> they came out looking like a bag of milk. The second, the second that Aspen clinched, and the, the referee was like, oh yeah, whoa, 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 like okay, <laughs> what are you doing? It up. So, and I remember listening to Ben talk about it like a couple of days later. He's like, dude, I watched Frank Mir and Steve Cunningham clinch for four rounds. Like, fucking, <laughs> come on, dude. What the hell, man? Like, <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, the fact that you're having some pause is kind of the biggest sign. Um, I, I said this whenever the fight was announced, right? I said that people are going to be surprised by how lopsided this fight is. And I said that in, direction, in the direction of Anderson. I feel no reason in the months since it's passed to feel any different. You know what I mean? I think that's just all what it comes down to. Um, Jake, I'm sure he's been putting in work, but I, I rewatched both the Woodley fights. 
which was essentially like just torturing myself for forty well, minutes. Well, well, the first one, you know, it was you know, it was it was you could. The first one wasn't a bad fight. Well, the second one until the knockout. What probably the worst fight like of like of like a big fight I can remember. Like a pay-per-view headliner, I'll put it like that. The worst pay-per-view headliner I've seen in a long time. Because I've seen some bad fights. Okay, like, but is it worse than Rose Esparza? They didn't headline the pay-per-view, but... Uh, oh, wow. Least, I like, good job dodging that one. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that's why I prefaced it. Because I meant, like, you're, you'll see bad fights on undercard all the time. Although I do think that... I think Rose Esparza was at least funny. Okay, Francis Derrick. No, Francis, Francis Derrick was hilarious, but I just probably... It, like. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. I'll say that Jake Woodley two is better than that one. But yeah, man. Um, I think people are gonna be surprised at how lopsided this one is. I think Anderson's gonna do this. I think he's gonna do it cleanly. Um, I could see Jake landing some shots. That's not really a question to me. He's gonna land some shots. If Anderson wins, how's he gonna win, Josh? Can you can you describe it to me? Could you even paint a picture? Late stoppage. I think this fight is very very big for Jake. Does the quarter throw in the towel for Jake? No, I think he'll just end up getting TKO'd. I think, like, he'll probably... What I see happening early is I think Jake's going to come out and go for broke. Because I think he's very well aware of the fact that he's fighting a guy who's great cardio, who will not slow down for eight rounds, and he's at a big boxing disadvantage. So his game plan, and more than likely his coach's game plan, is to go in there, go for broke, try and find the big right hand early, pressure him, do yada, yada, yada. All I think that's going to lead to is Jake taking a bigger beating early than he needs to. That's my thoughts on it. I think that Anderson's going to go ahead and early rounds, pick him apart, stay out, stay out of the way, use some more defensive boxing, and then the middle rounds he's just going to turn, he's going to flip that switch and turn it on, and he's going to end up landing some big shots and it'll be called off. I don't know which fashion. I mean, when uh, Angel, it's, it's coming to me right now. Actually, I, I'm getting a vision. I'm getting, I, getting a vision of the fight. I see it. I see it, Josh. It's, it's Jake. He's doing a Dempsey rule. Mike Tyson style. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Angel, I see it. I, it came to me in a dream. Angel, it came to me in a dream. I think Anderson's going to knock him out in round seven. Holy shit, really? I I think late stoppage. What I think punch? Jake, I think Jake's going to try and go ahead and try and land the right hook. Anderson's going to come back with a left hook. Just put him out. Not put him out, but knock him down, and he won't be able to reach a 10-count. My... my my, but I think there's going to be a fight where we're going to come out of this respecting Jake more. I think he's going to take. I think it's going to be one of those fights where he just he gets out of class, but he just keeps on moving forward, and people are going to respect him more. But I think even for Jake, dude, this has to be a huge mind fuck. Like this has to be a massive mind fuck. Like I'm not sure if you guys like why. Like go back and rewatch Jake's fights against Woodley, especially the first one. He looks like he's shitting his pants in the in the in the, in the walk down and like in the introductions. He looks like he's about to puke. Like that had to be a huge. It moment. Was, in, in the second one, though, he did a lot better. He came out confident. He was he dancing. But think he about this. Living, he was living in the moment. He's fighting, he's fighting his literal childhood favorite fighter. Like, that's going to be a big mindfuck for him. Dude, and not just anybody. Anderson Silva. One of the great – in the eyes, some of the the GOAT, you know? The GOAT of MMA in some eyes. And even in boxing, he's very, very skilled, you know? Um, But let's say Jake does win this one. What's next for him? You think it's Tommy? Sky, why, dude, if, dude, if I, we've seen the kind of opponents Tommy fights, you know? Yeah. If I'm Tommy, I'm like, holy fuck. Like I said, I think, I think Tommy beats him. I think Tommy beats him pretty easy, but 
we'll have I to think see that you. would I we'll think that'd be a fight to make. I mean, we'll see what kind of Jake comes out though, too. You know what I mean? I mean, That's what true. if what if Jake in this time comes out and shows a new layer to his game? What if he's developed a, a different style? You know what I mean? Like I joked about the Dempsey role, right? But what if he shows something like that, or maybe he comes out mm-hmm. with like. a uh, you know, and I'm just using this as a hypothetical, you know what I mean? Well, that's partially the reason why this fight's a little – that's why, like, the closer it gets, the more I'm kind of doubting my pick because we haven't seen Jake in a year. And whenever you're 25 and you have nothing to do but train, that's a long time, dude. A year's a long time whenever all you're doing is getting better in training and you're such a novice to the game. That's a lot of time to have. But with what we know, I, I would, I'm still going with Anderson, you know. But, hey, I mean, if he beats – if he does beat Anderson, sure. Let me. We'll see him against Tommy next. I assume probably in the UK. If I had to guess, you don't think JJ uh, like instantly after? It, oh man, it could be. Well, you know something, Josh. When Jake knocks out Anderson Silva Jeez. and he's holding the title for influencer, and then his brother Logan goes to Saudi Arabia and beats Roman Reigns to go WWE. No, the Paul brothers are going to have all the belts. Did it dominate the world? Oh, God. But, yeah, man, that's my thoughts on that fight. I'm very excited for it. But just go ahead and move on to some of the undercard. I will say, Josh, now that we're talking about it, it is yeah. kind of a mindfuck. This is this weekend. That's what, I, that's what I said in the green room. I'm like, man, this does not feel like this fight's going down this week. But it is. It, 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 is, it is. And I'm it excited is. for it. Josh, if I told you, let's say... We were in high school, right? Right after Jose Aldo gets knocked out by Conor McGregor, I'm like, Josh, in a few years, like five, six years, Jake Paul is going to fight Anderson Silva in boxing. Yeah, <laughs> is, I mean, it just it what, wouldn't what's compute. Your, what, would that rea- what would your reaction be at 16? It wouldn't. It wouldn't compute. It just would not make sense. She'd be like, "This yeah. fucking idiot, dude! What the fuck? This guy's gonna get killed. What is he doing?" And now What's I'm that? like, "Oh shit! He might kill. He might kill Anderson." You know? But it's like, not even that. If I'm telling you, this is gonna happen in the future, Josh. Like, I'm, I'm I, Jake Paul, the YouTuber. Yeah. Is fighting Anderson Silva, the MMA fighter. I'm telling Crazy. you this in 20. I'm telling you this in 2016. Yeah. You don't believe it, do you? No, no chance. Uh, we live in that reality, Josh. We do live in that reality, and we'll we'll see what happens. But I am. Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. But to go ahead and move on to the undercard, because I do think there's a there's a couple of interesting undercard fights. Um, most notably, uh, Uriah Hall taking on Le'Veon Bell. Yep. We talked also, about it and got it done. Also a mindfuck, dude. Yep, it's another one of those that is um, an absolute mindfuck, dude. I mean, give me your thoughts on that matchup. I don't think you have to make a pick for it, but just go ahead and give me your thoughts on it. I mean, I sat in the press conference for it. I was there, you know, representing the – you know, the whole Carotide sound off. You guys are welcome, as always. Me yeah, carrying, you guys are welcome. Yeah. Uh, carrying the flag, as I do. But, uh, no, I mean, fuck. I mean, it's boxing. It's not MMA, so fuck it, right? Do your thing, you're right. Do your thing, Le'Veon. I'm curious to see what happens. And you're see if Le'Veon uh, continues to grow in boxing, you know, since he's already kind of, uh, is, you know, did some good stuff in his first one, but it wasn't against anybody who had any sort of combat experience prior. They played football just like he did. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to take on Uriah Primetime Hall, who's fucking terrifying. But I think the one thing that Le'Veon could at least go into this thing about is that one of the best weapons that Uriah has won't be won't be available, which is his kicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big. I see a lot of people saying that Uriah just going to run him, run right through him, and I don't know about that, man. I mean, I feel, it's, I feel like it could be oddly competitive. 
I think it's going to be competitive. I think Uriah is not a boxer. And I think Le'Veon Bell has legitimately trained boxing longer than Uriah Hall has. Watch this look fucking dumb. It's possible. If Uriah comes out, it just beats the shit out of Le'Veon Bell. It's more than possible for that to happen. But, I mean, all I'm saying is is a uh, a late... Well, Josh. Yeah, go ahead. Gun to your head. Gun to my head, I have to make a pick? Yes. Uriah Hall. Okay. But it'll be close. It'll be close. That's what I think. I think Le'Veon's going to put in. I think I think it'll do better than what people expect. The only question here is, though, of all, oh, but oh, wait a minute. I'm reversing the gun right now. Who the fuck are you picking, motherfucker? I'm picking. I'm picking your eye. I'm picking Le'Veon out your eye. Oh, okay, sweet. All right. So, but here's the big question now. Are you more excited for this fight or Doctor Mike versus Chris Avila, which is opening up the card? Uh, your eye Hall versus Le'Veon Bell. Doctor Mike, Chris Avila is like, eh, yeah. You're not down. You're not down with that. I mean, it's it's all right, you know what I mean. I mean, credit Doctor Mike, but he's a doctor, dude. You know, like why are you might, doing this? He, dude, he why very well might? Why are you doing he this? Right? He could. Yeah, he very he very well might beat him, dude. I like, mean, but Josh, his fucking opponent before this was Ian Washburn, aka I Dubs. You mean the? Uh, I can't even think of a funny nickname for I Dubs, but. Yeah, I mean, the monster items, dude. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, I understand Chris Avila trains at the Diaz's, but, like, have you seen content cops of those old ones? I mean, yeah, come man. on, man. Like, I've created the items, dude. He was tough as shit. He was, dude, there are certain things you can't teach. He had that dog in him, so. He had that dog. <laughs> that dog in him. But, anyways, man, um, yeah, that's about all my thoughts on the card. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think. I think some people take this stuff too seriously. People are like, oh my god, Jake, like, people are gonna lose their minds if Jake knocks out Anderson. What, but it's like, I feel like with anything, with influencer boxing, people take it so serious. I mean, I see constantly, what a joke, what a this, what a that. I'm like, they're doing it, you know, why don't you do it? You know what I mean? Like, be there, you know, make a difference, you know, if you think you're that fucking good, do it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a, I don't have an issue with this sort of thing. I think it'll be fun. I think that if you take it for what it is, if you take it, if you take it at just that base value, which it's just a freak show fight, then you know, sweet. If you guys get angry about it, that's your problem. I don't, I don't know what people get angry about it. The time I've ever gotten angry about an influencer fight was whenever I had to sit and watch fucking the Ben Askin pay per view, which like that thing was, that thing was literally like seven hours long. That trailer pay per view. Oh, they had all the music that. shit, right? They had all yeah. the fucking. I timed it at one point. We went two hours of that a fight at one point because we had they had the opening fight, which I think was Joe Fournier and Raycon, and they had nothing but nonstop skits, interviews, and music for two fucking hours before they put on more fights. Was that a was that a was that Paul versus Woodley or no? That was Paul versus uh, Askren. Yeah, that was the worst night of my life. But anyways, um. <laughs> Because I had to ride to work for that one. That you was, know what's crazy? That wasn't like a bad card though. Like that, you know, they had the fights were fun. You know, Steve Cunningham, Frank Mir. You know, Regis was on that. Regis against uh, Ivan Redcatch. That was fun. Yeah, Regis but, been killing it since then too. By the way. Yeah, but anyways, man. Um, time to move on because there is a lot of other combat sports like we mentioned. UC Vegas 53 is going down to UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. The featherweights. Calvin Cater, Arnold Allen going head-to-head. Very fun fight. The featherweight division needs someone to step up. They need it because all these guys in the title division, like Yair, he said he went to title shot, but, like, his his win was, like, you know, an injury win over Brian Ortega. You know, Josh Emmett went to title shot, but his best win was, like, 
a split decision win over Calvin Cater that most people didn't think he actually won. Yep. Arnold Allen is a good name, but outside of Hooker and, and Sadiq Yusuf, he hasn't really gotten any big names. He's not very a- active. This is Arnold Allen's chance to stamp his name on getting a title shot. The Almighty from England in his first main event. Give me your thoughts on this matchup, dude. I think it's about as 50-50 as it gets. I think it's honestly just an excellent fight, just to talk about. I mean, look, let me you know, let me talk about Arnold Allen here for a bit. He's one of those other guys, kind of like Leon, doesn't get the attention he deserves. But uh, Arnold Allen's fucking good, dude. We've seen, obviously, you don't get 18-1 without being good, you know? Mm-hmm. Finally got a finish. Granted, that was over a struggling Dan Hooker, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, he got it. He, I remember in that Sadiq Yusuf fight, I'm pretty sure he dropped him in the first round. Uh, the guy's great. He has good kicks, good ground game. You know, solid on the feet. You know, I wouldn't say he's, uh, you know, he's no Israel Adesanya, right? I was like, he, I always go to the extreme, but you know, uh, it's, it's just to give a person an idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kid is very, very fucking strong. I mean, he's always in the gym. Granted, I think that comes from his dad, who his dad was, I don't know, if bodybuilder, strongman, something like that. I believe he was a, a strongman. I believe. Yeah, and I mean, this kid. I mean, you look at him. He's he's a he's he's, he's a beast. You know, like yeah, he's, he's fucking, shredded. He's fucking shredded. He's enormous. He's always in the gym. He's always training. <laughs> and uh Cavicator, I mean, we've seen it, man. We've seen the talent. Obviously, last time out, didn't go his way. Some of us thought it should have. Uh, very impressive good Giga. Uh, he's a very... I don't want to put it in a one bad way. I don't want to say one-dimensional, because he can do a little bit of everything. You know, he can do everything, right? Mm-hmm. But... He's, but he's good at those things. He does, you know. He saw that. I mean, his boxing. We've talked about it, it's some of the best. But then, you know, Max Holloway put a clinic on him. You know what I mean? Has some stuff on the feet. And but we've seen he's fallen a little short against some top talents to beat. Obviously, Anatha Moikano, Max Holloway, Josh Emmett. But it was a split decision. Obviously, because of the caveat. I guess Arnold Allen. I don't know, man. I want to see if the damage is built up. You know, see how he deals with all those combinations starting from his feet. See what kind of trouble it gives him. Curious to see if Calvin decides to take it around and maybe not keep it on the feet, or if Calvin's actually just going to tee off on Arnold Allen and put a clinic on him, just like he did in uh, Giga Chikaze. I'm going to go Arnold Allen on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too, man. I think Arnold Allen, it's kind of his time to make a big statement. I think he's going to. I think he's good everywhere. Calvin Cater is very, very good, and I think we saw that in his whenever Giga and his, his should have been whenever Josh Emmett. I think he's right on the verge of just, I mean, he just, I can't explain it. Because Calvin Cater looks like, at times, he looks like he's the real deal, and then he just looks like unbeatable at times. That gigafight being the best example, he beat the shit out of him for five straight rounds, man. And then other times, he's just kind of hesitant. He can't get things going. He's a very offer-on fighter. I think Arnold Allen's going to take him out of his element, and I don't think he's going to be able to get the chance to get going in this one. I'm going to go Arnold Allen. I think he's getting the biggest win of his career. And I think we should be talking about him more for a title shot. I think this kid is going to be 19-1 if he wins here. Very lengthy UFC win streak. I know Dana White said that there's going to be no interim title while Volk's out, which is kind of kind a, of just, I don't know. It's a weird decision. It's a weird decision. I think at, at a, in a division right now where there's so much, there's a lot of clarity that's actually needed. I think giving him an interim title would kind of help solidify the situation and considering Volk, who knows what's going to happen? We know, obviously, the goal is for him to fight Islam in February. We don't know if that'll happen. What happens if he gets injured? So on and so forth. But it's like, I think making an interim title would make a lot of sense. But, you know, 
I mean, I don't know. They make, they make interesting decisions sometimes. I'll put it like that. But as far as the co-main goes, it's also another banger. Bit of weird placement, I will grant, but it is a very, a very uh, fun fight. Max Griffin, Tim Means going down to Welterweight. Two guys who like to scrap. What do you think about this one? Man, another banger of a, uh, a fight. These guys have a lot of opponents in common, you know? I don't know if you've seen that, Josh, but they faced a lot of uh, similar guys at their time at 170. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Means is... uh. What was the way I heard it? Someone put it. You expect him to win the fights. Like, you you know what fights he's going to win, and you know what fights he's going to lose. Yeah. It's kind of the thing with him. Uh, I say maybe there, there there were some in there, maybe like one or two where you, you could argue against. Uh, obviously, the Kevin Holland loss a bit rough, but let's be honest. Tim Means hasn't really changed from where he was at, you know, where he was in his prime to now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Still struggles on the, you know, with some, uh, ground stuff, you know, and, uh, particularly when he's on, on the defensive end, not so much the offensive end, because when he's on the offensive end, he finds some success. Uh, Max Griffin, much credit to him. Good guy in his own right. Uh, some similar opponents, a tough loss against Neil Magny, but, you know, fuck, I mean, Josh, we, we talk about Neil Magny all this, you know, all the time, and we always praise him and give him credit. I mean, uh, and I remember Max Griffin had a hell of a performance against Carlos Condit. Uh, mm. la- what was it, last year? I remember that was a good-ass fight, if I remember right. It was a very good fight. He knocked it out a couple times. Nearly That's cracked what, the uncrackable chin. That's what it was. Look, I would go Tim Means in this one. I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to come forward, do some damage, land some big shots, and give Max Griffin a tough night. Max Griffin, though, very well could do the same thing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um I agree that he's going to give him a tough night. I don't agree with your pick, actually. I think that Max Griffin's kind of doing what I what I kind of said earlier. Not exactly the same thing as a, uh, a a Charlie Olives or Jorge Masvidal, but I think he's kind of maximizing his potential. He knows his window is closing. He's 36 now. He knows he probably doesn't have much left, so he's putting everything he has into being the best that he can right now. He lost a split decision to Neil Magny, which he arguably could have won. That was a very great fight. Prior to that, he won three fights in a row, including that great win over Carlos Condit. I think he's going to keep things rolling here. I think he's going to get right back on the the right track and defeat Tim Means in the Colmade event. The rest of this card is um, pretty solid, man. There's some there's some interesting names here, some interesting fights. Um, most notably, Dustin Jacoby, Khalil Roundtree on the main card. Give me your thoughts about that one. I, you went and mentioned in the green room you thought that one should have been on the Colmade, and I kind of agree. I mean, this is a this is a heartbreaking one, man, for me, because obviously I love Kalo. You know, we all love Kalo Rattree, right? Bangkok Rattree. You know, we bring it up all the time. Yeah. And just as a Kobe bit, he's put a little witchery together. He has some history outside of the UFC and and uh, some kickboxing, right? Very talented guys, been able to string the wins together. And there's just a lot of attachments to both these guys. It seems that fight is is obviously heartbreaking, but you know, the best we need to fight the best, and these guys are some of the best right now. And uh yeah, no, this is a dangerous fight for both of them. I mean, it's gonna be on on the feet. I, uh, you know, even with Khalil's improvements and and and, and you know going over to, to to Thailand and all that, I'm curious to see how it fares against Justin Jacoby's established kickboxing style that he's brought over from his kickboxing days and out of MMA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, he's a guy that is on the most low key win streak in the entire UFC. I know you talk about yeah. some some other guys having that like that that title, but like. He hasn't lost since 2019. He like he's unbeaten in the UFC. You, you, like, you, they just don't ever talk about it. He's not even ranked higher either. He's ranked 13th. So just bizarre matchmaking in my opinion. The way they kind of treat Dustin Jacoby. But I am very excited for his return. This should be a banger of a fight on paper. I can see either guy winning this one. Um, but nonetheless, it should be a lot of fun. 
Um, undercard, man. Uh, Phil Hawes, Roman Didelize, that should be a lot of fun. Um, Andre Arlovsky is back, man. I think his return is very – I don't see people talking about it, man, which is kind of a shame because I think he's kind of like on the best stretch in a long, long time. I don't want to say of his career, but I'll say a long time. How about that? Four wins in a row, um, six of his last seven. He's he said that he's trying to make a run for a title. UFC just keeps on giving him, you know, man, guys are not ranking him. He is 43, going to be 44 in a couple of months. He's taking on Marcos Rogerio de Lima. That should be a fun fight, man. Marcos Rogerio de Lima is a very he, he's not great, honestly, as a fighter, but he does come to bang and he's had some big wins in his career to date, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, also the undercard. Uh, Joseph Holmes taking on Park John Young should be a lot of fun. Chase Hoomer making a return against Steve Garcia. I'm excited uh, for that was, one. You're excited for that one? I think that's that's one of the big ones for me. I mean, he's he's the original youngest guy in the UFC for a while there. You know, at least yeah. one of the contender series. I mean, before before Raul Rosas Jr. was Raul Rosas Jr., we had Chase Hoomer. Correct, and he's a guy that's also improving a lot fight to fight. I mean, his last win against Felipe Corrales, he, he got the TKO. And he was right. battering him on the feet. Like, he was actually doing some some really good things on the feet, man. He was out striking him, landing some big shots. Very excited to see what happens in the future. Still only 23, man. Still only 23. Wild stuff. But, yeah, man, this card is uh, pretty good. No love for Trayshawn Gore, Josh? Oh, I forgot to shout out Trayshawn He loses Gore. one fight, Josh. And you just, well, he's lost uh, two fights. He's probably going to lose three here. No, he's not. You, you think he's going to beat our boy, our boy Josh Fremd? I think he could be. I think he possibly could be Josh Ram. I mean, he could, but I don't. I don't think he will, though. But you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you'll be you'll be mistaken. I'm dropping a hundred dollars on that one. That you know what? That's your prerogative. <laughs> <laughs> That's your thing, man. If you want, if you want to throw a hundred dollars on Trayshawn Gore, who Yo, am I Trayshawn, Trayshawn. I hope you listen to this clip. I'm betting a hundred on you, bro. Uh, I, I I just think you know if you want to part with your money, that's fine. You mean if I want to make money? Scared money don't make money, Josh. Okay, again, even it. All I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna say is this: is dude, like, dude, even if he wins this fight, I would not feel good about betting on this fight. Like you're betting on two guys who are both relatively new UFC guys, new like newcomers we have not seen a lot of. So if you want to do it, go for it, man. I, I just would not. But Trey you know, a dog, Josh. You'll see. You'll see when I win. I like Trey Sean. I picked him to win like the entire tough, like the whole season, but you know, it's what it is. But yeah, man, we got some more, uh, some more fights to talk about. Bowser 287 is going down same night, uh, from Milan, Italy in the Alans Cloud Arena. Lightweights, Adam Piccolotti, Mansour Bonway taking, uh, gonna get five rounds here. What do you think about this matchup, man? We have not seen, uh, Mansour Bonway. Bannerway, who I probably pronounced his name wrong if I, I am. I, I think apologize. that's pretty solid, though. Regardless, though, he's on a seven-fight win streak. Has not really had faced any top-tier competition, um, and is also making his Bellator debut. Kind of rare to see him put somebody in their debut in the main event. But what do you think about this matchup? It's kind of like a low-key Bellator card. By the way, out of action since 2019. Yeah, that's a big part too. I mean, look, it looks to seem, it seems like he's, uh, I'm guessing he had been signed a while ago, maybe injuries or life stuff. Who knows might, what might have happened, right? But, uh, look, he is a heavy finish guy. I, I don't know if he's, uh, I didn't get enough time to look into him, but a lot of submissions, a lot of KOs. I mean, it looks like he's always looking to finish the fight. Uh, 
30 years young, taking on Adam Piccolotti. Also, you know, we, we kind of know, you know, his repertoire at this point. Also strong on the ground, lots of finishes on the ground. Kind of Bellator. I mean, he's one of those guys who's been in Bellator pretty much their whole career, right? For the most part. Uh, since 2015. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it real quick. Good matchup. The Frenchman kind of scares me. He's been out of action, but I'm a pick him. I'm a pick him. Yeah, I mean, this kid does look good, like on paper, and in terms of, I've seen a couple of highlights of him over his, uh, over from his road FC days. He looks good. Uh, but that three year layoff gives me a lot of pause, and especially coming back from three, like a three year layoff to fight five rounds for the first time in your career. I mean, that's, that's a big ass for just about anybody. So I'm gonna go and take Adam Piccolotti to pull out the win here. Um, co-main event, Fabian Edwards, Charlie Ward, Couple of ranked middleweights, um, both trying to get into that title contention, get that elusive title shot. Who do you think in this one? Uh, Fabian Edwards, man. I need to give you credit, or I need to give him credit, not you, Josh. I still always give you credit, Josh. Fuck you. Josh, I'm actually calling We're ending the show. No, go ahead. I challenge you to a no time limit submission only uh, jiu-jitsu fight, just so you know. Yeah, I, I will do it, just... You know, I, I you can't. Just, hey, what's it has to happen, but it has to happen before you start training jujitsu. You know? uh, Josh, actually, you don't know this, but I've actually been training the last three years. <laughs> well, I'm still gonna land a flying armbar on you. There's nothing. <laughs> you about There's nothing you can do about it. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And give it to really back in uh, Fabian Edwards last time out, man. Impressive performance against Leoto Tremita. That actually surprised the shit out of me. Granted, Leoto not in his best days now. Decided to come to 185 after being at 205 for his last few fights, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that wasn't the move. Uh, uh, Fabian, right now, man, I'm sure a lot of hype at the gym. Brothers have been putting in the work. Charlie Ward, man, good guy, comes forward a lot. Irish, comes out of SBG. We know, you know, we know the gym. We know the gym. We know the deal with him. You see that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd be at 41 years old, you know, taking on a younger guy. I mean, it's a tough fight. I mean, Fabian... Like his brother, a little unlike his brother, a little bit more outspoken, a little bit more out there. I don't know. I'm kind of favoring Fabian Edwards, especially that, especially now that the gym has. You know, there's. Some, I remember a fighter talking about this. Like, dude, when a guy in your gym wins a title, there's there's something that goes around. Like everybody starts working harder. Everybody starts getting a little bit more motivated. It kind of lets a fight, uh, like it, it lights a fire under your ass that just makes you want to do good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that kind of transfers over his brother. Obviously, they're both different human beings. They're both different in their own unique way. They're never going to be the same. And who knows? You know, anything could happen. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm also going to go ahead and pick Fabian. I think this is probably the best fight of the card, honestly. Uh, top uh, to bottom. I mean, I, you know, I'd argue. I'd argue. What What are the fight you think is better? I think I think Saul Rogers, especially since he's, he's made his move to 155, him him versus Tim Wilde could be very interesting. I could that. Yeah, that's probably a backup pick, just being a big Saul. I mean, the one under that Rogers too. Are. I mean, the the three below that. They're also very good. Justin Gonzalez. Yeah. Davy Gallant, who made his debut. I think it was his debut at his last in France. He had a crazy fucking fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of good fights in this card, but it's for my money, that coming event is the best fight. I'm going to go take Fabian Edwards to win, but I would not be surprised if Charlie Ward wins. He's kind of like, I remember whenever his UC run ended, he was essentially a joke. He got pretty much signed as like, it almost looked like a favor to Connor. It was one of those signings. He got fucked up and knocked out instantly in both fights. Got cut. Made his way to Bellator, and he's looked good. I understand he hasn't really fought like the top tier competition, but like, there's a big step up for him, and uh, it could. I'm expecting this fight to be a lot of fun. You know, 
Um, but I'm going to take Fabian Edwards. You did mention a couple other card, undercard fights, big ones to watch for. Obviously, you saw Rogers on the main card, Justin Dawes on the main card. You mentioned David Gallon on the, on the, uh, YouTube prelims. Uh, T-Balt Gutu, you may remember from his UFC days. Hell of a run outside the UFC. Four wins in a row since then, including making his Belter debut in France. Picked up a big win there. Um, also on the undercard, Oleg Popov. You, you Which... heard, you heard Yes. You've heard of this guy. Yes. Do you know why I've heard of this guy, John? Why, why you've heard of this kid? He may or may have not knocked out someone we like. Yeah, yeah. He knocked out Bigfoot last time out. Um, oh, he's actually a legitimately good heavyweight prospect, which is partially why that fight was so fucked up to begin with. But, um, yeah, he's won 12 in a row at heavyweight. He seems to have all the tools. He's only 6'1". Yeah, he's almost 6'1", but he's, he's built like a brick shit house, though. Same. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be fun um, on the early prelims as well, I believe. Actually, they've not said where he's going to be on that card. So, anyways, yeah. Um, other guys watching the prelims, uh, Simon Biong, who you may have heard, um, been in Bellator for a while now, had a couple of entertaining fights. Should be a lot of fun to have him back as well. And then the last guy I want to go and shout out, Costello Von Stinas. Uh, this kid actually beat Fabian Edwards. I say this kid, he's like 30. But this kid, this dude actually beat Fabian Edwards before. Um, solid guy. He's actually been out of action since that win for Fabian. Um, two years. Prior, yeah, two years. To end him a long layoff. Um, so yeah, man, that should be very exciting to see him return. Yeah, man, overall, Beltor card, like, there, it's not that great, but there are some names to watch out for. So that's a bit of a low-key card going down on Saturday. And I believe because of the time difference, I believe it will be happening before UFC and before Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. So that's solid. That'll be nice. But there you go. anyways, man, time to move on to the news because we talked uh, last week, I believe. Uh, we're kind of we're kind of like going to a bit of like a, a dark space with, with boxing a little bit. Like, because Terrence Crawford's not going to fight Errol Spence. But... <laughs> We are possibly, hopefully, getting a big fight next. Ryan Garcia, who he's been saying for a while now, like, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm here for the smoke. I want Tank. Most people didn't really take him seriously, but they now reportedly agree to a framewaker. I'm going to go ahead and quote it. They've reportedly now agreed to the framework of a deal. It's important context. Uh, for a 136-pound cashweight fight targeted for January in Las Vegas. However, they still don't have a broadcaster situation figured out for the deal, which is the biggest part of the deal. So, Angel, what do you think about this fight? What do you think about the possibility of these two squaring off next? And um, what do you think is going to possibly go down with the broadcasting situation? Because we know that PBC may be getting out of the Fox game. Showtime, we know what's going to happen there with the, with them, especially considering they may be folding into Paramount and so on and so forth. What do you think about the ultimate fight itself and it possibly being made next? I mean, much credit to Ryan. I mean, Ryan's been calling out this fight for the longest time. He's been wanting it. It's It's been clear. He, there's no hesitation about it. I mean, you, you credit to the kid, right? I mean, it's been like this for quite some time now. I mean, for years he's been calling him out. I mean, we've been here during that whole time in which he's been calling him out and, and saying, I want that fight. I want Tank next. Tanks is my next opponent. He even laid out his roadmap at one point. Like, I'm going to fight Lenores and then Campbell and then Tank or Devin or I forgot how it went, but he gave us essentially the roadmap of, of his career at that point. Uh, kind of taking some, skipping a few steps, didn't get some opponents, I'm assuming during that time. Obviously took off a mental break, took off time for a mental break, uh, cause he was going through some stuff, but, uh, back in action, has had a match in, in, in that time, looked good. New coach, a lot of stuff has changed for Ryan, but nevertheless, I didn't mean in, t- in that time, Tank's been, been being Tank, you know. <laughs> 
doing tech shit. You know, he's been doing the same thing. And, uh, look, obviously Ryan hasn't been in those super big matches like the Haney, the, Te- the Teofibos, the, the Gervonta Davises. Obviously he's had big matches of his following. You know, the, you know, the, the, the people have showed out for him because he's such a big, uh, big name in social media. I mean, the people, people love him. Guys like him. Girls love him even more. I mean, he has the perfect package, right? I mean, and he, the kid can, you know, it seems like he can box, you know, obviously. And some eyes still very untested. Some people think the, the Gervonta fight would be very, uh, on, uh, not competitive at all. I beg a differ. I think he will show some good skills. I mean, you know, look, at the end of the day, we got to see, right? You never know what could happen. I, I know that you personally given the opinion that, uh, that you think he, you could do some stuff. But as far as the broadcasting thing, I mean, fuck it, dude. They'll find someone. It's boxing. Someone will promote it. Someone will, they'll get someone to do something. There's just no way it doesn't happen in some capacity, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think that this fight, it just seems too good to be true. You know what I mean? Like just coming out of it, like we've heard, we've heard murmurs that they've been in talks, but like is outside the, of that. Is the cake a lie? What? Is the cake, is the cake, is the cake a lie? Yeah. The cake might, the cake might be a lie. <laughs> it, it might, it might be a lie, man. Um, cause this, this fight, it just seems like a little bit, a little bit too good to be true, you know? Um, and I'm very cautious. I've made this a point now on this show. I don't like talking about boxing unless it's done, unless the deal is done. Because we've been burned so many times. I mean, even just in, in recent years. I mean, we spent a year and a half waiting for Tyson Fury to fight Deontay Wilder for the third time. Remember that? That was rough. The, there, about- there, there was a lot to that, though, Josh. You got you to gotta make COVID, and then it seemed like Tyson didn't want to do it because of, you know, whatever. Or who knows? I mean, there, there was a lot to step away money. There was a lot to it, you know? Yeah, but there's a lot to all of this stuff. <laughs> I I know, but that that one is specific though. No, fair enough, fair enough. But there are still other ones like Crawford and Spence and most big. But I mean, Fury, Joshua, we just saw. I, I mean, know. Hey man, Josh, I'll say this: sick. the only one that I'm pissed that we never got to see was Canelo versus Amakabu. I'm just gonna be honest. I know you're still on that one, man. Uh, hey man, I just you never know. I know, I know, but anyways, man. Um, yeah, I don't got a whole lot to say about this one. I, I would love to see it. Don't know if it'll happen though. But it did look. They've been pushing it very hard. Like they've been trying. It's. It seems like in comparison to some of the other ones, there's a lot of effort put towards this one, and they're actually negotiating and trying to figure out numbers. They have a weight, you know what I mean? There's a lot to it. Yeah, I agree. I see your point. But anyways, man, time to move on. Because there is a Bellator and Ryzen card, which will be happening on December 31st. It's their first time doing an event together in a minute. Um, we didn't have this card. Obviously, we have a couple of names in that, uh, attached. Excuse me. Um, I know that Patricio is going to be involved. I know that AJ McKee is going to be involved. It's going to be a main card of five fights in Bellator and Ryzen guys going against each other. Dude, I'm so down with this. I think this is awesome. And uh, it's been a while since you've had one of these kind of cards like this. What do you think about it? I mean, it's a sick, it's a sick thing. I mean, there's no other promotion doing anything similar. I'm just curious to see what are going to be the fights because we saw – I saw the poster. I don't remember what it all was, but I saw like – you you said it uh, – I think I even mentioned like Archuleta. Uh, uh, what is it? Horiguchi? Cool. Yeah, Horiguchi is going to be involved. On uh, Team Bellator, weirdly enough. Yeah, so – 
I I don't know exactly. They're going to do like champion versus champion or some fucking big names or like some cross sport type thing or just you know, I'm I'm just curious to see how it goes down. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be fun to see it go down. Obviously, this is going down in Saitama, Saitama Super Arena in Japan. Um, Which is already it, sick as it is. It is sick. I mean, that's that's the OG, like, goaded arena. So, yeah, man, I, I'm very excited for um, this card to happen. Obviously, we'll talk about it more whenever more names get attached. But you also got a fight announcement. It's going to be UFC 1, UFC 284, Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa in Australia. This one's interesting, just because it kind of gives a, a, a peek into what the UFC may be thinking after the middleweight title fight. Um, both of these guys are coming off of big wins. They're in title contention, but also a lot depends on how things go with, uh, obviously, Israel Adesanya and Ox Bahia next month in MSG. Uh, what do you think of this matchup, though, and it being announced? I mean, it's fun. I mean, those guys, I think, they they had to fight at some point, right, Josh? It was just something that we couldn't be prevented from. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Those guys had to compete at some point, and uh, I mean it's a failure of a matchup. I mean, Josh, if 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 the main event is Alexander Volkanovski and Islam Makachev for the 155 title, and the co-mates Paulo Costa and Robert Whitaker, holy fuck, Australia, you are blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean that. I mean, obviously, I think they're even going to add some bigger, some bigger fights to that card too. I don't think, I don't think that's going to be the coming either. You know what I mean? I think well, that there's well, well, who knows? I mean, they could still add, you know, Bam Bam. You know, yeah, obviously. there's no. Oh my God, they're going to bring all the boys. I mean, Dan not, Hooker, not Dan Hooker, uh, Kai Kara France. Yep, they're going to have all the boys. Uh, uh, Riddell. Well, he's fighting soon, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Brad? Uh, is Brad Riddell? Is there? I'm thinking. I'm mixing him up with the other guy. The, Brad Riddell. There's another one that look kind of. That I always confuse. Who have very similar records? It's not Gregor Gillespie. Which one is Australia? Which one is Australia? That's one of those two. Uh, Brad Riddell is going to fight Hanato Moicano at UFC 281. Brad Riddell is the Australian, right? I always get him and Gregor yeah. mixed up in my head. Yeah, yeah Gregor yeah. is an American wrestler who does not fight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Josh didn't have to call out the man. No, I actually love Gregor. That's why it irritates me that he doesn't fight. But, <laughs> it sounded uh, like I was throwing shade, but I wish he would just fight more. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, no, there's a lot of names that could be added onto that. And, and you said you don't think that's gonna be the. Co- I mean, I, I mean, who, who could you put as a cone in there? Come on, it's Robert Whitaker. I don't know, man. We'll see. But I, I mean, I think that I think they're really gonna flesh out that card, man. I think considering this is the first one announced and they're doing that, I mean, that's literally gonna be the pound for pound number three versus the pound for pound number one in the main event. Mighty yeah. shit. By by the time the fight happens, they'll probably move up, move him up to number two. And then how many Just people fill up that arena? Fifty k. Uh, I don't. I don't know where the. I don't know where it is. I don't know if they're doing a stadium show or not. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that. I didn't even think about that. Last time they did a stadium show, but I don't know. Dana hates doing stadium shows because he hates fun. So I don't know if that's what they're gonna do this time. Well, fuck. Who knows? We'll find out soon well, enough. Actually, it is gonna take place at the RAC Arena, which how's this? It's a just a normal arena. Damn. It's yeah. So how many? Sixteen. Okay. Fifteen. Hey, I was close. Give me credit. You were pretty close. Kind of lame, though. Not going to lie. But anyways, um, we'll have to hope they do a London stadium show. But yeah, man, overall, excellent, excellent fight. Very excited for that one. Um, Moving on, dude. This one, friend of the show. (laughs) 
Dada 5000. You guys are probably wondering, wait a minute, why, where have I heard that name? Dada 5000 fought Kimball Slice and Bellator six years ago. R.I.P., R.I.P. R.I.P. to the, to the big man upstairs. Um, the goat, street fighting goat. But anyways, uh, yeah, he ended up losing that one fight was overturned because Kimbo tested positive for an elevated testosterone ratio. Um, so he was, he was just that much of a man, Josh. Come he was on. just that much of a man. And Dada 5000 is undefeated. So anyways, he's been <laughs> out of action because he nearly died in that fight. He suffered from cardiac arrest, severe hydration, and kidney failure, uh, during the contest. He had, dude, this is so funny because he had a fight announced yesterday. He was going to fight in his own promotion, BYB Extreme. Which, if you guys don't know why the tri, you know why Triller Triad, you know why they don't, they're not around anymore? Because they stole the, the idea. They stole the Trigon from Dada 5000 and his organization and they sued them. So that's why they don't use that, uh, that little thing anymore. They don't use that ring. And they, they haven't had a host of a show in a year. Just a fight, uh, in November 13th. Fight's already been scrapped. Literally by the time I wrote the news for BJPen.com, greatest MMA site on the planet, um, the fight was already off. So, yeah, it just took less than, like, eight hours. So, yeah, what do you think about this news and him make, trying to make a comeback? Good for him, you know. He's been out of action. I mean, who? he's he's an interesting guy. He has a character. He has a following. I mean, why? It's exciting. Here's my question, though. Would you <laughs> would you want, like, what is your, what's your excitement level? Let's say he gets a fight booked. How excited would you be to see the return of Dada 5000? I mean, I mean, I'm not like, I've never been like a crazy, like, Dada, you know. Yo, back, wait you a know. minute. You, Angel, are you, are you telling me that you have baby nuts? No. Do you have baby nuts? I do not. Sounds like you got baby nuts, man. I don't. You fool! <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off this podcast and go just go rewatch the, uh. Is that whole lead up? The, the press conference between fucking. Kimbo and Kimbo and Dada. That's the greatest press conference of all time. I, are you, is it though? I mean, what, what yes. are some of your favorite press conferences? What kind of a favorite pressers? Oh man. Um, so that one that was Beltor 149, I think. That was Kimbo and Dada arguing about the size of their their nuts. Not even dick, just nuts. Yeah, for right. About, Not even their dick. Their they, they, they just are. They, they kept it PG. They 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 were threatening to pull out their nuts, but like they weren't. They weren't gonna say because Kimbo didn't want to say any bad words, so he was just he said his his daughter was right there. He's like, oh, I don't want to curse in front of my in front of a baby girl, you know. What what what, like, what a what a like, good Chad. I know, but he was also like, I'll pull out my nuts right now, but my nuts are bigger than yours. Jesus, you got baby nuts, Donna, baby nuts. But yeah, that's a classic. UFC two hundred five, Connor just eviscerating everyone on stage. Who the fuck is that guy, dude? I remember watching that press conference. I was waiting to be picked up from West. Did I watch that? Who did I watch? I remember no, watching no, no, that. I remember it was it was as we were getting out of school. I, I must it, have watched it afterwards because I remember the who the fuck is that guy? You know? Yeah, yeah, I'll never forget that because I remember standing there with my earbuds in, just you know, waiting to be picked up in high school. You know, it was like freshman year, sophomore year. I don't know, but anyways, I just remember sitting in that little circle drive, you know, just watching that shit. Great memory, but yeah, that was an all-time great presser. Um, What's another good one? Brock at UFC 200 is great. That's another good one. Do you like uh, Bisping and uh, GSP? Bisping Rockhold? No, G- GSP and Bisping. Oh, Bisping. Oh, that's a good one, too. Are you intoxicated, Michael? Michael, are shut you intoxicated? Shut up, George. Shut up. No one gives a fuck. Michael, Guys, you shut I'm up. Sorry. The press conference and you, and you are intoxicated, Michael. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Oh, what's another good one? Off? I mean, dude, in recent memory, Sean Strickland. <laughs> dude. 
and him and Izzy and all that. That guy. was hilarious. That was comedy, dude. And then he proceeds to go out and get knocked out by Alex Mejia. I was Sean Strickland for losing the action from Alex Mejia because I was prevented from a lead-up, potentially, of Sean Strickland and Israel Adesanya in a pay-per-view. I was dude, prevented. trust me. Same page, man. Same page. I bet you the PR is like, we dodged a fucking bullet, guys. <laughs> we dodged a lot of bullets there. That's hilarious. That's another good one in recent memory. Fuck. I had one in the back of my head. Fucking Chell and Tito. That was another good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. What was another one? Oh, fuck. Habib and Max? It never happened, but that was a good one. That was the first person who got uh, Habib talking. Yeah, yeah, Max was not messing around. He was fired up, man. I rewatched that presser not too long ago. That was so much fun. Uh, Brian Ortega, Max, that was another good one. He's calling, <laughs> he's talking sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you don't have a response is the coldest line that nobody remembers. Like, you know, somebody, I don't remember what they were talking about, but, like, somebody asked Brian a question about, like, you know, Max is like, I've beaten, like, all the guys in this division. They brought you in because I, I have nobody else left to beat, you know? And somebody asked him, like, what do you think about Max's resume and, you know, him kind of saying all that stuff? And he's like, you know, sometimes the best response is no response. And Max just cuts him off, sometimes you have no response. <laughs> and I'm like, woo! Bless era, baby! Let's go! And then, you know, it's, you got to get away from MMA, Josh, and boxing. Antonio Tarver chasing down Roy Jones Jr. after fight, after fight, telling him, you need to fight me, fight me. He, you know, all of this, all of that. I don't remember, dude, but he would roll up there with his phone and everything, go out there. He'd be like, come on, you know, he's calling him out. Every He would be there at every fight. By the way, and this is somewhat off topic, but if we're talking about cold moments, after the first fight where um, – I think Roy won a split, or it was like a majority decision. It was really, really close. They did the rematch, and they were like, you got you got any questions, Roy? You got any questions, Antonio? Antonio goes, yeah, I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? You got any excuses tonight, that, Roy? That, that, and he goes and knocks him out 40 seconds later. I, even if it's like a Roy Jones stand, I'm like, woo! That, that is one of the greatest moments in boxing. I put that up recently because it's just that cold. It's just so cold, man. Just fucking what's, ruthless, man. What's, and that what's was insane. That was another one in recent time. I mean, there's been there's been a lot, dude, where people shut people up and they're just like, they're like, fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. There's been some good ones, but yeah, I mean, that got me hyped. Got, got me hyped up, Josh. And I might have to yeah. go watch the press series. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna go ahead and go and watch Bellator. You know what? Oh. You know what's something that we need again at MMA, Josh? I know we're like very, you know, we're staring off a lot here, but fuck it, dude. It's our podcast. We get to talk about what the fuck we want. Damn right. Is face-offs. Like yeah. head, like face-to-face is, cause dude, I've literally rewatched DC versus Jones with Joe mm-hmm. in the middle, like, all, like fully, the 30 minutes. Cause it's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, I don't know how Joe wasn't scared, dude. There was no stopping these two guys if they started going at it. Exactly. Well, you know what? I think that um, I dislike John. I think I've made this very well known. <laughs> oh, my God, Josh, fan. really? Yeah, I know. I, I think I've made this very well known. But that uh, in, in the face-off, whenever uh, John says to DC, like, every single moment you said preparing for this would be a complete waste of your life is, like, the coldest moment. Because it is. When you really think about it, like, all those – those long nights DC had thinking about the fight, all the days he spent training in the gym, all the blood, sweat, and tears that he put in that fight camp were for nothing. Not that's, only that, but because that is mentally breaking, dude. But here's the thing: is that that quote goes even deeper when you realize 
Jones and DC were scheduled multiple times. They were scheduled, they only fought twice, but they were scheduled like five times. Yeah. So there were like three times where DC literally, he didn't even get paid <laughs> to fight John Jones. Like, dude, he, yeah. You saw I mean, when he got the fight canceled because of the pictogram. I mean, you yeah, see that he, clip? He fucking uh, he's, loses it. Yeah, and I don't blame him, dude. Imagine what, like, I can't even, I, see, it's one of those, it's one of those things, where, like, I'm happy I don't have, like, a, not a fighter, you know? Like, I don't know how I deal mentally with putting in work every single day for six months. Let's just say, probably for example, like, I, I'm, I guarantee his fight camp was in six months, probably, like, getting out of camp, like, trying to get the fight, trying to negotiate the fight, getting the fight, having a multi-long, you know, camp, and then getting two days, three days before it, being told, yeah, you're not going to be able to fight. Well, the mental thing is such a big thing in fighting, man. Yeah, it's huge. It, it, it really is. You never you never really talk about it, but if you're not confident, how are you going to win? You know yeah. What I mean, if you're not mentally strong, how are you ever going to deal with adversity? You know, there's a lot to it. I mean, it goes very deep, and especially if you got a guy on the other end who's like Connor, who's just coming at you, or a Diaz, mm-hmm. and then in the fight, they're doing it too, and you're losing, and you have to come back and face it through adversity. I mean, look, there's, there's, and obviously all the shit talking, especially if it's true. I mean, I, one of the things that I'll never forget from that DC and that Jones one that's aged incredibly well is when DC tells him, you're a fuck up and you're always going to be a fuck up. You're going to do it repeatedly. You see that PR lady over there? She knows she's fighting a never ending battle. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most like, holy fuck personal moments ever. Mm-hmm. Like, shit yeah, like man. that. Yeah, I mean, also a lot of it just plays into to rivalries, and I don't think we'll have a, a rivalry like that for a long time. I hope, man. I hope one day we need it. Yeah, but just going to go ahead and wrap up. We do have one last bit of news. Um, Bo Nickel, who we've talked a lot about on the show. He doesn't really beat many guys of note, but he's the greatest prospect in, you know, Fuck, I mean, I, he's probably the greatest prospect since I started watching MMA. Um, he's supposed to fight Jamie Pickett, UC 282 in December. It's going to be a stacked card. Pulled out due to an injury. Probably won't make his debut until March now. What do you think? Heartbreaking. I mean, I mean, the reason I brought this up in the green room was because Bo Nickel had promised us we're going to have him this year. Are you kind of sad, disappointed we're not going to get Bo Nickel again this year like we wanted to? I mean, I'd love it if, if he did fight, but I'm not going to... I mean, it it was a hit. It was a hit for me because I wanted to see his level. I thought this was really going to be a good test. Yeah, but he has so much time, man. He's not going to be out for too long. I know, but, you know, it would have been nice to get one in before the year. Hopefully he's healthy, get another one at the start of the early next year. You know, there's there's a lot to it. Yeah, it'll be all right, though. It'll be all right. Um, There was another fight that got announced, Josh, that we didn't bring up. Yeah, you Pimblett. He's the one essentially replacing Bo Nickel on that card, right? I don't know about replacing it. It's, that's been in the worst for a while because, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm, ne- never mind, never mind. He might be the one replacing kind of like it's like the big attraction fight. Um, I know he's talked about for a while trying to get a big fight before the end of the year, either MSG or Vegas. So I think it's been in the works for a while, but I don't know for sure. But, but regardless. I'm assuming it was fight. something that wasn't guaranteed though at the time. Yeah, regardless, it is a very good fight. Was it uh, Jared Gordon, right, I believe? Yeah, correct. Jared Gordon. Tough guy. I mean, Patty's having the proper buildup. I've said this yeah. always. I mean, could, the, the competition's getting slightly better, but it's you know obviously it's not top level yet. But they're they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, he, he's he's they're doing they're doing him the right way. You know, 
Um, some guys, they get pushed too quickly. Some guys take a bit of a slow road. Patty, I feel like they're going at, like, almost the perfect pace because Jared Gordon's a good guy. I could see him beating Patty, but at the same time, I mean, I probably wouldn't pick him, you know? And that's that's what you want is you want just a little Would bit of Would you bet $100 on Patty Pimblett to win this fight? Man, I don't even like betting more than two dollars. So, <laughs> you know, um, did a bit three dollars on Patty Pimblett. I'd bet three. I'd probably bet three dollars on Patty Pimblett. Probably, go. but yeah, man. I mean, I don't got too many thoughts on that fight. I think it's a good one. I think it's a very good fight. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens because that fight's only a month and a half away now. Like the end of the year is coming quick, dude. So, but yeah, that's all I got for the show. Anything else we talk about before we close out? Uh, nothing in specific, man. I think we covered everything pretty well. I'm excited because really the pay-per-view is two weeks away, right? Correct. Two weeks away. And MSG, big fight for Israel Adesanya, the trilogy for him and Alex Bahia, right? Not technically right in MMA, but if you're going from two kickboxing matches to their, you know, now one MMA match, they're going to have a trilogy, you know? Not exactly, but, uh, yeah. And, Let's see what happens. Is you know, I mean, that's that's a while away from now. I'm now kind of mentioning that kind of prematurely. Obviously, we have a a great main event next week. Nothing to take away from the ladies. I'm sure that's going to pay out well. And obviously, the results of this weekend are going to be. I mean, for you know, we'll see what happens with Cater. If Arnold Allen wins, kind of shoot himself up for a title position. And obviously, a lot of young guys and a heavyweight we didn't mention. And I think I believe a coast. I think he's from Dominican Republic. Seven and zero fighting Jared Vandera. Uh, you know, potential another guy in heavyweight. You know, maybe doing something and. Obviously, Chase Hooper, Trishon Gore, see if he can come back from his loss. Josh Prem, who's also trying to bounce back from a loss. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we talked about it a lot. We kind of enter it, but it's, you know, there's, there's just a lot that we're going to come with, back with. And, you know, let's see how Bellator goes, especially for this French guy we had, in, you know, who's been away from the game since 2019. She's able to bounce back and saw Rogers, see if he can continue his uh, move at 155 and see if it's still successful and potentially get into those good opponents at 155 that have, kind of have the name value of Bellator. Mm-hmm. Correct, you laid it out really well there. There's a lot of combat to watch this weekend. There's a little bit of something for everyone. You know, and Jake Paul Silva. Holy fuck. Yeah. Man, I mean, that's yeah, exactly. the big one. Yeah, and there's a little, like I said, there's a little bit of something for everybody on every single fight card this weekend. Bellator, there's some good fights. UFC, there's some good fights. Even Jake Paul and Silva. Even if you're not, like, a guy who's in a freak show fights, like, Ashton Silva's on the intercard, and he's a legitimately great prospect. So, there's something for everyone this weekend, and... um yeah, I think we did a pretty good job previewing it all, man. Bit of a long episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm at Josh Shevinoff on Twitter. He's at AngelTakeOnderscore01 at Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.